I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Kaylin. She has polycystic ovary syndrome. Let's talk about it. Well, here we are again. Three boys sitting down to talk about uh, issues with uh, all about the female anatomy. Uh, and I don't know a goddamn thing. Not a thing. About, not a thing. About, I mean, like, it, do, is, there, is there a way to pronounce the acronym or do people just say PCOS or, or do you say PCOS? PCOS, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I've never heard PCOS, so I think PCOS is the standard. All right. Well, I might say Picasso I mean, for the rest start of the episode. New year. Let's start. Yeah, let's start. <laughs> I think a we should do it. Yeah, Picasso. And I will uh, say can- before you say that, Jared, is after doing this for five years, we we were able, we were allowed to say that we know nothing. We know nothing about the female anatomy when we first started doing this, but it is it's true. But that has changed. But I have heard over and over again people in real life mention like conditions that they have and everybody mm-hmm. going like totally blank behind the eyes. And I'm like, I know what that is. Which is why our honorary doctorates are in the mail right now. <laughs> um, Kaylin, what is PCOS or otherwise known as PCOS? Um, so PCOS is a hormonal disorder and it's actually a very like widespread disorder. So it affects... Um, I think I read that it affects one in 10 women between the ages of 18 and 44. Um, So it's super prevalent, but it's basically PCOS stands for polycystic ovarian syndrome. And that makes it, I think, sound quite intense. That sounds serious. Yes. Mm. And it's actually this umbrella term for all kinds of things that can be wrong uh, with the female body. So, um, yeah, I guess... there's can we can we can we break down the 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 word so so polycystic ovarian syndrome? It sounds I'm guessing like it has to do. To it's, it does. Like it a, does sound. Like, when it I does them, sound like very cancerous. cancerous. Yeah. It sounds awful. So I yeah. hope when this this episode comes out that um, my family and friends aren't like, oh my god, we need to call Kaylin. <laughs> um, there's no immediate um, kind of like imminent uh, threat to it. I guess it's more of something that okay. I think affects your lifestyle. And so um, polycystic ovarian syndrome, so poly means multiple um, mm-hmm. cystic cysts. So it um, is a disorder that can be characterized by cysts on your ovaries. Um, and that, <laughs> that being said, uh, not everybody who has po- uh, PCOS has cysts on their ovaries. So like I said, it's kind of this umbrella term uh, to describe mm some sort of hormonal imbalance that's going on in your oh. body. And sometimes that can lead to cysts on your ovaries. God, what a, what a misnomer, eh? Like the yeah. name, the name really does kind of throw it. Cause I thought, I thought for sure we were going to be like spending time today just talking about like just an overwhelming amount of cysts inside your ovaries. 
I hope that's not the case. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I, you do like that can be, that is like one of the more common symptoms. And um, so I had like an ultrasound done to check for cysts a couple years ago. I should probably get one done um, soon again. But when I got it done a few years ago, there was nothing nothing there that was of concern. Right. So see when I hear it, I, I think of female lumpy balls, like lumpy <laughs> female balls. I yeah. actually just yeah. have two giant lumps <laughs> just, on my side. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's, that is what you would think, right? <laughs> so when you, uh, when you say that, when you say that it is that again, like Jerry, you kind of hit it there. It's a, it seems like a pretty big misnomer seeing as it, it, it's polycystic meaning that there's many, cysts, but it, but you could, or you couldn't, uh, have that. And, and so in the case, or again, cause I'm not really sure what your situation is yet, but if you don't have, how do you find out that you have this condition? If there's no, if there's no cysts or there's an, or like what, what is, what, what leads you to go, what's happening? Something's happening in me that leads you to go down the path that mm. gets you to a diagnosis of this. Mm-hmm. Well, Taylor, let me tell you, um, I guess that, <laughs> that's part of what I'm here to talk about today. But I, I think a lot of people go like undiagnosed. Um, one of the kind of main symptoms of PCOS is weight gain or weight loss. Um, that's somewhat drastic, but I went undiagnosed until I was about 22, I believe. And so with something like you know, weight gain. Um, I was in my early years of university. And so I thought, oh, this is just, you know, life lifestyle freshman 15 sure, yeah. and wasn't, wasn't super concerned per se. Um, and so, yeah, I think there are a lot of people that go without a, a diagnosis or like knowing this is an issue, uh, maybe until they go maybe to have kids and, or try and get pregnant. And then maybe that's where it comes up, um, mm-hmm. after doing some tests. Um, and so for me, I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, actually, at the age of 15. Um, So I am a diagnosed diabetic. And that diagnosis was kind of mysterious in itself. um, I basically was at a check-in with my family doctor, and he said, I'd like to do some blood work. And to this day, I don't know why he suggested that. I wasn't having any, like, crazy you know, I wasn't sick. Um, I think I listened to the very first episode of Sick Boy way back when. And I I think your first guest was a, a type 1 di- a diabetic. Is that right? Yeah, Matt Yes, a diabetic by the name of Matt Sling. Yeah. yes. That's right. Um, so I'm a longtime listener of the show. And... Um, I just had to put that out there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we appreciate it. Just, just in case anyone doesn't know, okay? Yeah, okay. Kaylin's OG sick boy listener, all right? We're not fucking around here. <laughs> and um, I remember him saying that he got really sick while traveling, and that was what led to him going to the doctor. Uh, but for me, I don't remember there being any sort of symptoms. Like my mom had just taken me into the doctor for a regular checkup, and my doctor said, let's do this this blood work. And, um, I wonder I if he remember. was like one of those, like, you know, you know, there's like the dogs that can like sniff out cancer and stuff like that. I wonder if he just has a nose for that it. kind of doctor. And like, as doctor? soon as you walked in the office, he was just like, did like, did you notice his nose sort of like flare up a little bit? Like his nostrils yeah. sort of like, I'm hoping yeah. that the medical training bit. is, uh, is, 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 is good enough that. 
that they go, hmm, we should do blood work and check. I mean, based on your scent, I think I detect diabetes. There is something very future. There's something very sci-fi though, about that, Bri, though. I like that. I like that idea as like a, uh, a tool in a movie for like a sci-fi movie. You walk in, the doctor's like... Yeah. It's cancer. So the doctor <laughs> no, smells like, whoa, you. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> the doctor smells you. He smells diabetes. He asks you to get blood work. Yeah. yeah. And, then- well, and they do have, um, they have dogs, like service dogs for diabetics. And I think that's how they, they know when something's going on is if their blood yeah. sugar goes low, the dogs will... They like no, yeah, really, yeah. The difference in the blood sugar, yeah, yeah, man, and and like, and I mean, not to like, not to you know, go down this road too far, but like Rose, uh, uh, (laughs) Bridie's dog. Um, was like our dog Bigby when he 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 started having seizures and he had like he, basically he had brain tumors and before the brain tumors we were noticing Rose our other uh, our other dog sniffing Bigby's head like incessantly and it just came out of nowhere and I remember jokingly being like oh, I guess he's got brain tumors and then a couple months later the that was like yeah I guess he's got brain tumors and I was like oh my fucking god dogs so you know. Plausible. Maybe we just maybe you know maybe we just need to if, replace all of our physicians with dogs. If dogs can do it, very interesting. Humans could do it though, right? Idea. Yeah, my doctor so actually get, was a dog. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. 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 So his name is Scruff yeah. McGruff. Scruff McGruff. Doctor Paws. So so you get the blood work done, and I guess it comes back um, type two diabetes positive yes. or something. Yeah, yeah. So I had my blood sugar was quite high. <clears throat> And they did more tests, and so they um, said, well, it's type 2 diabetes. And at the time, I think people still thought of type 2 diabetes um, as something that you solely got from living a poor lifestyle. I think mm. there's still quite a bit of stigma around that. Like mm. for, for sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's um, <clears throat> something that I think people think you get when you, you know, you're like middle-aged and um, you haven't been very active and... and You've eaten junk your whole life, um, but I was I was fifteen, so you know there was only so much time to do that much damage. <laughs> and I, I think my parents were pretty pretty good about um, like physical activity and exercise. So I wasn't a huge kid, and there, my my doctor was somewhat shocked um, at this, like at a fifteen year old who was reasonably healthy having type two diabetes. Mm. And so since then, they've kind of discovered that there is more of a genetic component to it than, than they thought. Um, nobody in my family has type 2 diabetes, but there are some type 1 diabetics. And so maybe maybe that's where the link was coming from. Um, oh. But I, I, I was kind of feeling like there was something going, something else going on there. But I, I don't know. I didn't really question it at the time. I just thought that it was the super rare case of, of type 2 diabetes and um, that when was you, just some sort of medical when you, rarity. When you say, like, d- detected that, like, some sort of something was going on, um, do you mean, like, going into that appointment where you tested positive for type 2 diabetes? Like, you sort of felt like something was off when you went in there? or And, and like, what, what do you mean by feeling like something's off? Was it just sort of like an intuition thing? Yeah, I'd had a kind of this... So, yes, I would say that intuitively I felt like something was off leading up uh, to that point, but I, but there was no like actual reason to, to think that. Um, maybe, maybe you smelled something, maybe I smelled <laughs> yeah. you know, <clears throat> maybe you get the diagnosis of diabetes and you're like, 
Yeah, but there's something else. You, you know, really like there's something yeah. else going also on. Also, in yeah. hindsight, like when you when you get information that you really weren't expecting, but then all of a mm. sudden it kind of it's it's like kind of like the key that unlocks the the you know there's just been some th- some things here and there that maybe like subconsciously you're aware of, and then they don't they don't actually make any sense until you get that information. You go, oh, mm. okay. Like that makes yes. sense. It kind of makes sense now. Yeah, I think it was more. It was something like that, and um, I had been peeing a lot <laughs> up until that diagnosis, which is a sign of high blood sugar. Uh, but I, right. I again, I hadn't raised any of these thoughts or concerns to my doctor, and so it was. It was really interesting that he just had that old diabetes Sniffed nose and was able to sniff <laughs> it out. Um, so then, he was a good boy. He was a very good boy. Yeah, he got lots of treats after that one. <laughs> this is one of my favorite bits on Sick Boy ever. That your, that your, do- that your doctor was a dog. It's the, dumb- it's the dumbest and the best. Oh, man, it's so cute and heartwarming at the so same time. Fun. I love it. Yeah, I like that world. Um, so, so, like, so after you get the diabetes diagnosis was were you, was it more or less life as normal after that or or were things still off a bit um i'd say life was pretty normal after that i mean it's i think it was kind of it was up and down like some days it doesn't feel like i am different than any other person out there um but then some days there's the realization like okay if i you know I have to make the right lifestyle choices. Otherwise it's going to catch up to me down the line. Right. And so it's, it's always kind of there. Um, anytime there's sweets around, you know, it's at the back of my mind saying, <laughs> cause like you can't, you're not, you're not injecting insulin, right? Like that's, that's a type one thing, correct? Or, or am I fucking totally off on that? No, that's exactly right. So type one diabetes, uh, is when you don't, your body doesn't produce, um, yeah, you don't produce insulin. any. Uh, but type two, again, is this kind of umbrella term for several different things that could be going on in your body, sure. which is a bit frustrating uh, because you don't necessarily know which, like at what point in the system things are going wrong. Mm. And so type two diabetes is, it can be um, resistance to insulin, which I believe right. is what's going on with me. Uh, but it can also be that your body's not making enough of it or that your liver is making too much sugar, I think. Mm. Yeah. I think type two diabetes is one of the cutest illnesses to have because, like, you always have to carry around little juice boxes, <laughs> and so like you're always like going around like, "Ooh, I think my sugars are getting low," and then you just drink a bit of I orange juice or apple juice. Of, of uh, <laughs> I played hockey with uh, with some guys who were who were diabetic, and they always had Skittles and things in their bag, and I was like, "Yeah, fuck, that's." I I actually um, I but I, hold on hold on though I thought is it wouldn't that be more of the type one diabetes? Well, I, I'm not, I wasn't old enough to sure, to recognize right, whether right, they were right. type one or type two. Yeah. At all. I just they were they had diabetes and the, everything was the same when yeah, I was 14 yeah. years old. But with with I, with Matt, like I I um I hang out with Matt quite a bit, and actually we've been running together lately, and like uh, as recently as like a couple days ago, and um at like eight kilometers he like stops and sort of like checks his his sugars and like we'll pull out a little juice box and like sip it and i'm always i just want to give him a hug when he does that because it's just so cute juice boxes are really cute yeah aren't they? um <laughs> um unless you're one of those psychos that are drinking like carrot juice boxes like go no, fuck yourself you. you're that person. <laughs> um uh so caitlin I, like w- at what point then does this start to 
you know, you, you've, you've got type two diabetes now the, you know, aside from having that diagnosis and maybe like some, some differences or, or more of a mindfulness in terms of how you're like going about your day to day. Um, at what point do you start to, cause like I, uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. You said earlier that that uh, PCOS or PCOS um, is is a hormone imbalance, right? So, where does the at what point do you start to notice that like you're you're not producing hormones in the way that your body should? Yeah, um, that's a really good question. So, I think the the type two diabetes is its own discussion completely and like what it's been like to live with that and um it's not as severe as type one so I don't carry a juice box everywhere I go but I do (laughs) have one on hand just in case um and so I I kind of came to terms with okay this is just something I'll be living with it's it's not so bad um you know some days I, I get a little sad that I can't eat like all the cake I want but at the same time it's not the worst worst thing in the world so I kind of gained some perspective there and and uh, learn to live with it. And like like you said, I don't have to inject insulin or, or anything like that. So that was all fine. And then I was in early university. And like I said, I started to gain a bit of weight. Right. And I just chalked that up, like I said before, to lifestyle. So I was thinking, okay, well, this is from all the pizza and the alcohol. And, um, and then later on in university, probably midway through, I started to get... Um, an above average amount of facial hair going on around my chin. And huh. I was a, <laughs> a bit distraught by that. Um, sure. I right. love that look. And I, you didn't have like aspirations of joining the circus or anything like that. Like that wasn't, that's not a family sort of like past family career choice or anything like that. You weren't like, Ah, my bearded lady days are coming in. Yeah, see, I... <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that. I take circus classes now, but I do... Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I do, like, hammock. Different type of circus. Yeah. <laughs> Your friends but, are the bearded ladies, but yeah. you don't want to be one. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> but no, I didn't want to be one, and I was right. super embarrassed about it. And um, even with, like, the, the type 2 diabetes, I didn't always talk about it or tell people I had it, or, like, I wasn't super open about it, because mm. I felt like it came with all this stigma of like that I was I'd lived a poor lifestyle and that's why I had type mm. two diabetes mm. and then right. I was um, what was I going to say oh and then so I started to gain some weight and then I was feeling like even more like okay I can't I don't really want to talk about this with people because they'll just <clears throat> you know I, I felt like there was a lot of judgment there in those conversations and so right just so many layers of of like like shame around. Something that also that shouldn't be, you know, that there shouldn't be shame about. But but I get it. Like I totally, mm-hmm. I totally get that. Absolutely. And so I, anyway, so I started to kind of get this like facial hair going on, and wasn't happy with that. And then I um, had someone suggest that it could be a hormonal or a sorry a thyroid issue. And so mm. I went to go get my thyroid tested, and that came back clear. There was nothing going on there. And again, I was just having kind of the feeling like something was going going on. So other than those physical symptoms, I just had this intuitive feeling that something was wrong there. Mm-hmm. And then I was actually seeing an endocrinologist at the time. So an endocrinologist is somebody who studies hormones. And I was seeing one in Halifax. And um, 
he had seen me a couple times and hadn't, you know, hadn't really said anything other than kind of the standard, you know, eat well and exercise and kind of keep going with the, like, your medications. And shave once a day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I wasn't super happy with that. And then eventually, I don't know how it came onto my radar. I think I just Googled my symptoms on the internet as one does. Classic. Yeah. 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 Classic sick boy guess. (laughs) But in this case, it was actually helpful because I stumbled Mm. upon PCOS and I said, this sounds like it could be what's, what's going on with me. Um, I wasn't having anything too crazy happen with my period. Uh, but I did, I had tried an IUD before this point and it was like, it was so awful. It was one of the, there's two kinds, just so you know, there's mm-hmm. a copper kind and a hormonal kind. And I tried mm-hmm. the copper coin, copper kind, and it did, just did not agree with me. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, well, I, I didn't really think anything of it or that could be connected. But the last visit to my endocrinologist, he had a med student there, a human med student, not a canine. Um, and the, thank, you. thank you for distinguishing. <laughs> we'll have to distinguish in the future. I, I was I was already assumed. I was <laughs> so I'm glad you clarified. <laughs> and so this med student, um, he was actually the one who, during my examination, was he asked me if I'd ever heard of PCOS, and I said, Yeah, huh. I saw it on WebMD last week, actually. Um, but I wondered if that was what was what was going on with me, and and he said, Yeah, I think that's. That, you know, that was when I got the diagnosis and I think I was 22 Mm. at that point. So it had been seven years of living with type 2 diabetes until we reached the conclusion of PCOS as well. Is there any, is there any correlation between the two or are they completely, completely, um, uh, separate from each other? No. So there is, um, a correlation. So PCOS, uh, because there's this imbalance in your hormones can cause, type 2 diabetes. So it can cause um, your cells oh. to become resistant wow. to insulin and oh, then that leads to the type 2 diabetes. So the PCOS is actually there before the diabetes and causes the diabetes and then the and then realizing that the PCOS is present and what caused it is com- comes seven years later. Yes, exactly. Crazy. Yeah. Was the like I I want to just uh, the the moment when you're when you're in the the physician's office and the med students there do you remember, like, if, when the med student was like, sounds like PCOS, like, do you remember the the doctor who was on call mm-hmm. having any kind of reaction? Like, were they like, shut the fuck up, kids? <laughs> like, or, or, or were they, Absolutely or were they like, couldn't oh, be, I didn't yeah, realize uh, that. Uh, quite impressed, yeah. So, like, you know, like, like what would, do you, do you remember, or, or was there any kind of, like, discourse, be, discord between the two of them, or? I don't think so. I don't know if they just keep, keep it really professional, but I think he sure. just agreed with him. Actually, so I think that exchange might have happened when or if any exchange happened, um, it would have been while they were both out of the room. Outside the room, So yeah. the, the med student had done, I think, the examination, and it was just him in the room, and that's when he asked me about PCOS, and then I think he went out to discuss it with the doctor. Right, Maybe they do right. that on yes. purpose so that there's yeah, none no, of that. <laughs> well, no, that, that actually, that's that's typically what happens. Like, I've had that happen, you know, a thousand times before, where it's it's like a, a med student or, or you know, a resident 
and they come in and they'll do they'll kind of do the pr- preliminary check and then the and then you know the the respirologist comes in the head respirologist and they kind of just go here's everything I'm going to relay all the stuff that I've learned to you mm-hmm. and uh, and then they go okay cool so you know we like the, you know the the young buck has done the hard work and then I I come in and, and as the senior and I just kind of like <laughs> direct what people what to do and and then and then my job here is done. Guys, I just want to say it does it I do love the idea of like of like <laughs> them going into the hallway and, and the doctor being like you're stepping on my fucking toes making me look <laughs> I, like an idiot. Well, I just want to say that that is totally a scene from Grace Anatomy. That would be Is the, it actually no, for well, is it for really, real? Or? No, it would make the greatest Grace Anatomy right, episode sure, like yeah. Like just one of those side stories. Like if you're a Grey's Anatomy, if you're a Grey's fan, Grey's Anatomy has been it, running for 23 years. It, it has, <laughs> dude. That scene has occurred probably that's like happened 78 times. It would yeah, be like yeah, the perfect like. There's just like other main story going on, but like it's just like one of those character builder things that just sort of builds the tension between the like med student and the and the actual doctor. You should it would be write perfect. for Grey's. I should, dude. Honestly, you should and write for Grey's. I should just yeah, send them a yeah. bunch of sick boy episodes and see yeah, what they think. I'm sure they yeah. would love it. What Guys, how about uh, this? Yeah, the doctor. The doctor dog comes to town. We should just make our own episode title is Good Boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, what's your what? Like, I'm I'm thinking of like the 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 puzzle pieces fitting together of of getting the diagnosis of PCOS and realizing that that's connected to the diabetes that you were diagnosed seven years beforehand. And then, and obviously, and you know, you mentioned with the diabetes, there's kind of this like thing in that there's this intuitive thing that that makes sense when you're, when you get the diabetes diagnosis, like what's going through your mind when you're, when you find out that this shit has been going on in the background Mm -hmm. on like these like deep levels for, who knows how long? I mean, I'm assuming like, like would that shit start to happen when you are going through puberty? Uh, like, is that when everything would sort of start or would it happen before that? Or Yeah, I think it would be while you're going through puberty. Mm-hmm. It's, so, it's so crazy mm-hmm. that, 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 that you can start that process of puberty and, you know, like unbeknownst to you, all this stuff is being put into motion when you're still very much a child and you know, going into your adult life, you've like this, this, I guess, like, you know, depending on the person, like 10, 12, 14 year journey, Mm. uh, to discover these things that are going on with your body. And it's, and, 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 you know, like causing, like bringing up a bunch of question marks through, um, through, through your life and especially through your, through your like adolescent and like early adult life where, you know, like you mentioned, like it's, you know, you grow facial hair and you gain weight and you're like, fuck. This is like I was a, like, fuck. I'm in, yeah. I'm in, I'm in high school and yeah. in university and this is the worst, like, or you're whatever. Like Shelly's like, got pimples on her forehead and I got to have a goddamn goatee. Yeah, I also like, had well, it's not fair. It was yeah. like, it was not fair. Yeah. Is there any, do, do you, um, I just want to ask on, on that point that Taylor was making about like it taking so long to really get this diagnosis. Like, is there, can there be long term damaging effects of, of, not getting a diagnosis? Like, do they put you on medication or do they do anything when they diagnose you that like maybe they should have been doing like as early as 10 or, or, or 12 years sooner? 
Um, okay, so conveniently, there is um, a medication that's used for both type 2 diabetes and PCOS called oh, metformin well. because it helps with insulin resistance. Oh, we've heard so of that. So huh. luckily, yeah, luckily I've been on that uh, more or less like the whole time I've been diagnosed. And so I think that's really helped. But um, I think absolutely it could do some long-term damage. I think it could affect your fertility. Um, <clears throat> those ovaries or the cysts in your ovaries, they can burst. And that's super painful. I I haven't had that happen, but I've had it happen to a friend and like she had to go and get surgery to get the cyst removed. Yeah. And to answer your questions, Taylor, just about the, the feelings after I finally got that second diagnosis, it was, I was kind of pissed that it had gone on so long. Mm -hmm. Um, and that none of these like doctors had, had caught the full picture. Um, and, and a lot of my doctors had been, older white males um so or i should say older males and or just even older doctors and i wonder you know how much focus there has been on like women's reproductive health over the past few decades and i don't think there's been a ton Are vegans actually unhealthy? Does cannabis ruin your sleep? And why are so many men taking testosterone supplements? I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And we're the creators of the popular YouTube channel, ASAP Science. Every week on our podcast, Side Note by ASAP Science, we explain the science behind a controversial subject with recent research, up-to-date studies, and ridiculous stories so you are entertained while, bam, simultaneously learning. We're here to make science make sense. Download Side Note by ASAP Science wherever you got your podcasts um i i, I want to know about like again like so I'm, I'm just so fascinated about the the hormone imbalance of it and and how that affects your body so like um a, a kind of a two-part question the first one being you mentioned earlier about um birth control and using uh the copper uh iud um and and I know that, like, with the the other IUD, the hor- hormonal one, and like with birth control, like the the pill, um, that that has like a direct tie into the way your body produces hormones. Um, uh, could, like, is what did you ever take? Did you ever do the pill? And and like, if if not. Like, would that have been just a fucking absolute nightmare to, like, go down that road of of having anything that's, like, affecting your hormones in that way? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think, like, whether you have PCOS or not, like, finding the right birth control is such a struggle because it does mm-hmm. impact your hormonal levels, uh, which impact everything. Mm-hmm. And so the... Yeah, I like I said, I tried that IUD and it just didn't agree with me. It was made my periods very heavy. And so it was, uh, not ideal. And so after that, I went towards the end of university, knowing that I had PCOS, I went on this birth control called Aless, and that's a very common one. And it didn't super agree with me in that it had a big effect on my mood. Um, and so Mm. I actually think that led to a bit of depression, uh, throughout the summer, after my last year of university. Um, but it wasn't depression in the, I guess, traditional sense of what people think of for depression. Like I, I was working at a summer camp and I was able to, you know, like get up out of bed and do my job and, 
um, function, but I felt, I guess I didn't really feel much of anything. So these, I, I'm sure it was this birth yeah, control right. kind of just flatlined my emotions. Um, which it's was like emotional blunting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was pretty, it went on for a long time because like, because I was doing okay and I wasn't super, I wasn't feeling super low or, or super sad. I didn't mm. recognize what was going on. And, um, it wasn't until near the end of the summer where I had like a bit of a, I guess like a mood episode where I started to wonder if maybe there was something going on in that respect. Um, so, uh, the camp I was working, you guys will love this. The camp I was working for is called the whale camp. It's a marine biology camp in New Brunswick on Grand Manan Island. Oh my Whoa. God. <laughs> yeah, that sounds so fun. That sounds depression free. Yes. Yeah. It, and normally it should be. <laughs> um, and I'd worked there the summer before and just had a blast and, and I was still having such a great time my second summer there when I was going through this, but I, I just couldn't figure out why what I was doing wasn't making me happy. And I just chalked it up to other things going on in my life. Like I just graduated. So there was all this uncertainty in the future. And, Mm -hmm. and so I was thinking, you know, maybe this is just being an adult. (laughs) You just don't feel (laughs) joy anymore. (laughs) You graduate and then it truly (laughs) just sucks from there. (laughs) It's just, it's gone. Though at the same, at the same time, I just want to say like, it was as soon as you said the whale camp, I just, thought of whale blowholes and like I can't think of anything cuter than a whale blowhole. Like how cute I can, is a whale I can. You know what's cuter than a whale blowhole? <laughs> A, a juice pack. Yes, oh, it's dude. so cute. Just Ryan, a little juice pack. Has something a impacted juice pack. your hormones? Where everything, yeah. dude, you, everything makes packs. you feel cute. Juice Today? packs, like, dog doctors, and whale blowholes. This is like this my is favorite conversation we've ever had. You're, you're, you're cute. It you're really cute is cute. crazy right yeah. now. It is. Yeah. yeah. Are you like? Are you? Are you I and feel, Maddie trying to have a baby? Uh, not right now. No, but babies are really cute too. I really, I really just there. Yeah, you did. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. So, so blatantly on the podcast to so many people. Puppies. Um, uh, so, hold on. I'm going to reel this back in here. No, but keep going about the whale camp depression. <laughs> yes, the whale camp. Um, so, I, uh, where was I? Oh, just so towards the end of the summer, I, <laughs> we had this one day where, okay, so at this camp, um, we will take the kids out on whale watches. Like we take them sea kayaking. We take them hiking. It's, it's super fun. It's a super That's fun unbelievable. Yeah. 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 And it's uh yeah. Shout out to the whale camp. Can it's I go? <laughs> yeah. You can go to grandma Nan and it's beautiful. Sweet. I highly recommend. It's only like five hours from Halifax. Um, but all of the kids and a couple of the staff were out on a whale watch this one day. And I was back on campus just working on stuff around camp. And while they were out on this whale watch, um, they saw this fish called an ocean sunfish or a mola mola. Do you know what those are? Yeah, they're massive. <laughs> they're so huge. And they yeah. like they look like they shouldn't be real. Like pancakes. Um, they're like big sea pancakes. And <laughs> Whoa, I had never seen dude, them. Look at this. looking one up. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa, this thing's one up right now. Are Everybody needs mola? to stop what they're doing. They're kind of like go- ugly This thing looks un. <laughs> Unbelievable! This doesn't look real. I googled sea. I googled sea pancake. Holy oh, shit! They're, they're horrifying. We have these they're here? terrifying looking. Yeah. Holy fucking shit! Yeah, it dude. looks like a. God, how does that thing swim? 
I know. They, it oh kind of just God. floats around. I think it is considered a plankton by some yeah. people. I've actually oh, wow. I've seen one this in real life. This is considered a plankton? <laughs> a plankton brew. So, <laughs> it's so crazy. Sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I derailed <laughs> no, again. I, I derailed again. I love that we're talking about mola molas and my ovaries. <laughs> wow. in one, one episode. Yeah. <laughs> These are fantastic. not cute, by the way. Whale <laughs> They're not cute. This, this is, is the anti-cute. Of a whale yeah. blowhole. <laughs> I'm glad because things were getting too cute and this brought it down. This brought it back. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, brought it I'm back. I'm Googling beluga blowhole right now. <laughs> okay, <laughs> stop it. Uh, so, so they're out so, there and they see one of these fucking monsters. They see one of those and they come back. Did one of the kids die? No. Did one of the kids get eaten? Not by this goddamn thing. Fuck. Kids are fine, but I was not fine. I was devastated that I had missed Whoa. out on seeing this fish. And they'd seen two of them. And because they're called Mola Mola, as we said, they saw Mola 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 Mola. And I was just like devastated that I missed out on the chance to make that joke. I didn't get to see the fish. And um, I like kind of spiraled into this like depressive episode. And I was I was so upset. And I think back and I'm like, oh, wow, something was was definitely wrong. And I actually didn't even feel like going to to dinner that night. I was like so distraught. And I overheard this conversation between one of my coworkers and one of my good friends there and the camp cook, whose name's Sandra, and who's a wonderful woman. Shout out to Sandra. Um, Shout out Sandra. And and she was asking what was wrong with me. And my coworker said, oh, she's sad because she didn't see the the mole and mole today. And Sandra says, well, nobody gets that upset over a fish. And... And that kind of put it into perspective for, for me. I was yeah. like, well, maybe there is yeah. <laughs> something going on here. Like this, um, this is not normal. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's good That's that really- you had, it's good that you had that reaction yeah. rather than being like, I would have been like, I do. Fuck you, Sandra. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah. Don't you fucking tell me how I should be without, without, yeah. without having seen the mola mola mola. I react <laughs> the way I goddamn want. And it's this. I will. Yes. And I mean, I don't think anyone would be like shocked to hear that, like knowing me that I cried over a fish, but it was kind of the level of my reaction. And and afterwards, Sandra actually sat down with me and said, do you think there could be something going on with your hormones? Um, And I was like, oh, there definitely is something going on there. I've, yeah, that's um, a question only one woman can ask another woman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah yes, I would never. Brian, I would never say that. And we learned that the yeah, hard way, Brian, didn't we? Didn't we, Brian? What did we learn, Brian? What did we, we learn? That dudes can definitely, <laughs> definitely not ask that yes, question. Yes, we did, Brian. We did learn that. Good job. I already knew that. Good before. job, Brian. And <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. No, no. Um, and so then after that point, I I kind of pondered like what had happened and how I was not really feeling any joy and what was going on. But uh, rather than face my problems as a 22, 23-year-old, um, I decided that my the solution to all my problems would be to be go, would be to go traveling. Um, and so I was, rather than, you know, dealing with all the uncertainties of life and my health mm. issues, I thought traveling would solve all my problems. And it didn't. I think it really yeah, does. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I was, uh, I went backpacking in Southeast Asia and while I was there, Classic. you know, we were having all these, these incredible experiences. We were like seeing all these new things. I was there with a friend and we went diving in, um, we went scuba diving in Komodo National Park. Like Whoa. where they have Komodo dragons Whoa. and like manta rays. And it's just a, a stunning place. What was the cutest thing you saw there? Sounds like a real easy place to get fucking eaten up. That's, <laughs> what was the you know, cutest or, or thing? stabbed in the heart. <laughs> the cutest thing? Um, I don't know if it was in Komodo, but somewhere in Asia we saw a flamboyant cuttlefish, 
which are, they're really cute. If uh, if you haven't seen them, look them up. Guys, my cutest meter is going to explode. <laughs> they're really know, small, it's... so they wa- they can't swim, so they walk along the seafloor, and they, they look like tiny elephants. Um, <laughs> Dude, but Brian, we were saying, Brian, you're making me feel weird. Oh, yeah. Look at these you're guys. Like, you're kind of making me squirm a little bit, the way, you're, the way <laughs> your things... cheekbones are rising. <laughs> these things look crazy. Hey, I mean, you got to look this up, folks. Uh, flamboyant cuttlefish. It looks like a... It looks like a, it lo- yeah, it looks like a little octopus that just did too much acid. Yeah. And uh, it's just tripping. And they're tripping related balls. to octopus. So I was. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's right next to a fingernail. It's really small. <laughs> they're so tiny. Holy shit. That's so tiny. Dude, there's one of okay, it next sorry, to a dime sorry. and it's, and it's like a tenth of the size of the dime. Taylor, look at this. It's so cute. I'm seeing it. <laughs> also, <laughs> by the way, you so should insane. look, guys. I put a link in the chat. This matters not to the people who are listening to the podcast, but for you three, oh, yeah, um, you should look at the link in the chat of the uh, beluga, beluga oh, blowing a perfect halo yeah. with its blowhole. Really um, um, okay, so let's 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 bring it back in here. Jesus <laughs> Christ! Sorry, everybody. So, so you you um, so uh, I, I want to I, I do want to come back to the hormones thing because. So, like you know, obviously this is having an effect, but but the to the to the point of growing the hair, what was happening there? Was like were you, was your body just like like blasting testosterone through you, or like what was like what is that? Yeah, so I guess testosterone and like other male hormones, I think, are broadly called androgens, and that's one of sure. the the trademarks of PCOS is that there are too many male hormones compared to female hormones, oh. and then also an imbalance of. In- um, insulin, I guess, insulin. Right. Sure. Yeah. And so it wasn't like, uh, it was bearable. I mean, it was like a little line of, uh, scruff long hair and everyone's got kind of peach fuzz there, but mine was like really dark. It also just means something different at a different time of your life. I mean, like, you know, if that that happens when you're, yeah, in your, in your teens or in your early twenties, that's going to, that's going to be different than if that happens when you're 30. Like you just, just by the circumstance of your likely social situation and how you feel about, I mean, who isn't, who, I mean, who isn't going through self-doubt period anyway, no matter what age you are. And then like, you know, crank that up to, to 15 when you're a teenager or, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, an early, a, a young adult. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that combined with like some weight issues, it was definitely like a really hard time while I was going through it. Um, which I mm-hmm. feel like I'm obviously it still affects me now, but, um, things have kind of have balanced out. How does it affect you now? Like where, where, like what's scaling today? Okay. Um, well, okay. So, I think we need to go back to to what I was saying before, and that's just that I I was having all these amazing experiences and realizing, okay, this isn't bringing me joy. Like, there's joy. no one where yeah. else in the world I'd rather be, but um, mm. I'm feeling this way, and so I quit taking that birth control. And within a couple of weeks, like I felt like myself again, which was really Whoa. kind of crazy because I wow. looked back at the past six months and was like, wow, that was six months of, of not being myself. And it was so subtle. I didn't even realize it was happening for the Mm -hmm. most part. Um, and then after that, uh, I switched the medication I was on. So I switched the birth control I was on and, um, I am now on one called Mervala and it just suits me way better. Um, so I don't know how, what like the breakdown is between the two. And like, I would be interested actually to look 
look into that and see what the differences are. Uh, but whatever it is, this one agrees with me way more. So I've lost about 40 pounds since my like pre PCOS diagnosis. Whoa. Um, and about, yeah, like, so 40, I'd say since like my heaviest weight and like 30 on average, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. so I've lost, like I've lost weight and yeah, my skin has like evened out. So I no longer have acne as an adult, which is a real joy. And yeah, like my like facial and body hair has evened out as well. So I just feel kind of more like a normal person. Do you, <laughs> not, do you, not that do you feel, any of those things you, define a person, but yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Sure. But like, do you, so do you feel like the, I mean, like is, is, would birth control be considered a, a possible treatment for PCOS for some people? Like, is that like, it, like, it seems like a lot of this is hinging on the birth control that works for you. Yes. Yeah. I'm nodding as though people can see me uh, while they're listening to this. But yes, uh, birth control is considered uh, a standard treatment for PCOS unless, of course, you're trying to get pregnant. Sure. Right. And and when you, when, are you, is this something that you need to be speaking with an endocrinologist about? Is this something that, is this a conversation that you can have with your family doctor that says, you know, because you have PCOS, this can, this birth control and this birth control and this birth control, like they all have different, you know, they, they interact with people differently and, you know, you might need to cycle through them to see what one works best or do they know which one tends to work best for people who have PCOS or. I think because they don't know exactly where the imbalance is in, in your body and there's no, there's no single test for PCOS and um, they can test your hormones, but I don't think to like a high enough resolution that they can really right. figure out which one's off balance uh, as far as I know from my experience. And so I think it's kind of, there's a bit of guesswork to it, finding the right one that works for you. And mm. even outside of, of PCOS, just as anyone who uses birth control, I think there'll be some trial and error there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, totally. Considering like, so you, you mentioned that there you know, like this birth control is working for you right now. And if you were to like, go off of it and you wanted to get pregnant. Um, is there risk in doing that? And is that something that you are interested in doing? Like, how does this, because like, I guess you, you don't stay on birth control forever. And while it's a fix that works right now, um, is there sort of fear for you to try to find a solution that will work for you when this no longer works? Definitely. And I think it's something I just put off thinking about because (laughs) uh, a lot of that will, I guess there's kind of two parts to that question. So one is just the matter of staying on birth control indefinitely, which I don't love the idea of, but it's what works for me right now. And um, that would definitely be a conversation to have with my doctor and and maybe an endocrinologist and see what alternatives there are. and is that not typical? Like, I, I actually don't, I've never, I've, I've never thought about that. Mm. Like, is that, um, like, do, like what's the, if someone's not suffering from PCOS and, you know, like everything's kind of like normal and they're like, quote unquote normal, what, like what's usually the standard for people to like stop using birth control? Is it menopause? basically when they, when they're like, I want to, I want to have a baby or do people take it up to like the point of menopause? I, I, I've never thought about yeah, that. Yeah, me neither. I haven't really thought about that either. I don't know. Um, I feel like most people I know who like are my age or or close to are just like, I don't fucking do that anymore. Like I they just <laughs> like 
Like, I think of Bridie, and Bridie's like, birth control? I haven't had birth control in, like, <laughs> decades. I'm like, yeah, yeah I guess so. Yeah, 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 and I think, I don't know, I think because it has such, like, a um, strong effect on your body that a lot of people yeah. would prefer not to be on it, and it's just a matter of, I think that a lot of that comes down to kind of, like, your lifestyle and, like, personal choices. Right. Um but yeah, I don't. Uh, I haven't really thought too much about like the the long term plan uh, because up until now, like it's been such a, a struggle just to find something that works for me, mm. and so I'm just in, in, enjoying being kind of at steady state until um, I need to think about that. But uh, eventually, I will have to uh, like maybe I should look into this a bit more now that we've talked about it. But <laughs> I I guess because I don't know whether I want to have kids and I don't want kids right now, I've I've just left it as is. But mm. it's definitely like something to think carefully about. Um, mm. Yeah, and I just haven't. Does, yeah. um, does PCOS make it any, like statistically any harder to have kids? Like do you, have you been told by your doctor that like, oh, getting pregnant might be a challenge if you decided you wanted to? Yeah, definitely it is. It um, it can affect your fertility, and so one of the one of the other trademarks of PCOS is that you aren't releasing an egg each month. You're not actually ovulating. Oh. Um, and I don't I don't know whether that's going on with me or not. Uh, so that would be one thing to that I I believe you can get that tested. I'm pretty sure you can, and so that would be something that probably the first thing you'd get tested if you were wanting to get pregnant. Um, right. Yeah. But yeah, it can definitely cause some issues I think, there and you'd have to be very careful. I think I heard there's a new doctor in town that uh, mm. is a dog that <laughs> sniffs um, ovaries to see if they're actually right, releasing yeah. eggs once nice. a month. Yeah. Yeah. It's a so brand new fertility clinic. Visit and, him. Yeah, they just use they just it's called, use dogs. It's called. Uh, Try to think of a clever name. It's called Spasa, and it's uh, uh, that's P C A Spasa, <laughs> and uh, you can go there and get your Picasso yeah. uh, sniff. They have out. a bunch of new GPs there. Actually, <laughs> they're getting them yeah. almost daily. Kaylin, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you a two part question that we ask most of our guests, which I'm sure you've heard this question before, since you are the. OG sick boy listener. Uh what would you say is the biggest thing that your your experience with PCOS or PCOS has taken away from you? Has taken away? Mhm. Mhm. Mm. I don't know. I think at one point like we were we were talking about how it can affect body image and body image issues. So I think I struggled with that. Uh, a lot when I was in my late teens and early 20s. Um, so I would just say, well, one, because of the type 2 diabetes, it's taken away a lot of sweets out of my life, a lot of <laughs> a lot of desserts I haven't been able to enjoy. Um, dentist is happy to hear that. <laughs> um, but also, yeah, I, I would say the biggest thing is like self-confidence and, and body confidence. Mm. What would you say is the biggest thing that it's given you? Mm. <clears throat> Well, I think maybe then on the flip side of that same coin is like an appreciation for my body and like all that it it does. And Hmm. um, like I said, pretty early on after being diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, I had this moment of perspective where I was like, yes, this is not ideal, but it's also not not the worst thing. And and I think that extends to PCOS as well, Um, not considering 
the fertility issues it could cause. So mm. maybe ask me that in 10 years. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I'll buy it. Schedule it is. You want to bring up your schedules right now? We'll just uh, <laughs> mark that in. But for right now, I think it's given me, um, because I've, you know, I've had this struggle with my weight most of my young adult life and now things have kind of balanced out and I've, I've lost that weight and I, I have a bit more confidence, um, not just in how I look, but I think like you're, you gain, going through that struggle, you kind of gain an appreciation for what your body can do as opposed to like mm. what it looks like, which has been yeah. really nice. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, Kaylin, I, uh, again, this is one of those experiences where I'm so grateful to get a, an opportunity to sit down and to learn a little bit more about, uh, about the female anatomy and about, uh, an, uh, an ailment that I've, I knew nothing about coming into this and I feel like I've learned quite a bit. So, Thank you for taking the time to sit down mm. with us and to share your story with us and also with our listeners because uh, we really, really appreciate and, it. And I just want to say that that was a very, very thoughtful thing that you just left us with. That really struck yeah. me, the yeah. the appreciation for what your body can do rather than what it looks like. That it, like I feel very much so the same way, and that, but I've never thought about it in mm. like – I've never contextualized it in words, and that was uh, – that, that hit the nail on the head. Oh, well, it reminds me, yeah, it reminds me of every time I go to see Cirque du Soleil and I bawl my eyes out and not because the show is sad, but because I, I'm, I marvel at the human body and the, and the possibilities, like the things we can do with this vessel, this tool that we, you know, that we use to get us around day to day. It's, we really are impressive machines. Guys, Absolutely. the end of this episode is so cute. <laughs> <laughs> It's almost as cute as a juice box. Right, you better not, Brian, you better not bring this to Warzone later. Full circle. I need game time, Brian. As soon as you Jesus. say that, I'm turned on. I'm just, yeah, I switched man. on. Uh, you flipped the switch. I'm ready to go. Let's go. Well, thank you again, Kaylin. This uh, this really meant a lot. Oh well, no problem. And yeah, I think it's it's important to keep in mind that we're more than what we just what we look like. And I think I realized that after. After I became a beautiful swan, it's like, well, now. Oh, <laughs> so, cute. Cute. so cute. This won't stop. So cute. There we go, uh, ladies and gents, and all the other people that listen to the show. Uh, we hope you enjoyed that sweet little conversation with our friend Kaylin. Um, man, what an adorable, adorable episode uh please do yourself a favor and google all the things we were googling flamboyant so cuttlefish uh, uh, uh beluga blowholes yeah uh, 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 dog doctors we google that too yeah, google that don't google that other fucking fish though pop play google that don't eat do not google that either all right uh hope you enjoyed that and if you did we'll be back uh every monday and friday that's what we do every monday and friday two episodes a week um and you can listen to us wherever you find fine podcast apple podcast spotify or cbc listen app and if you've got cool stories you can t- hey don't look at me like that brian if you've got cool stories you can send them to letters at sickboypodcast.com Fill us in, tell us your story, and if you want to apply to be on the show uh, and tell your story to the three of us, you can go to sickboypodcast.com slash contact and fill out the application form. We read each and every one of them, and, uh, and maybe we'll see you here on the show. 
And uh, the three little cuddle monsters that are talking right now are Jeremy Saunders, Taylor McGilvery, and me, Brian Stever. Uh, another little cuddle monster that uh, produces this show with us is Lauren Sankey. We are cuddled by Jeff Lonis, and we cuddle with Donovan the Meerkat Morgan. And the cuddle music is created by Take Part. <clears throat> Hard to cuddle with Donovan uh, with all that with all that um, uh, CPAP machines and mm-hmm. sleep apnea mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. Sure, you have one of those. Yeah, but I don't use it because because uh, you can't cuddle. You can't cuddle yep. a CPAPer. But you got you're it. In, you're in denial of your. You sleep get, I am in you denial. Got it. And I'm and I ain't and I ain't gonna be a CPAPy no more. <laughs> uh, that is it for this week, folks. I'm cuddly Bry. I am Taylor. And I am I'm. I am cuddly Jeremy too. I, Taylor doesn't like to cuddle, but I do. And this is sick bag. I am this now. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.